listening to a podcast by Real Church and Pastor Noah Fritchie in Murfreesboro, Illinois. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy, and God bless. Today, our theme, what we're talking about today, is optimism. We're trying to talk about how do, how do we be optimistic? Everybody say this when they say, I'm optimistic. That was pretty good. One more time. Say, I'm optimistic. optimistic. All right. That's, that's pretty good. See, some people are naturally optimistic. Others of us, maybe myself included, are a little bit more pessimistic. We see the bad in things often. In fact, there, uh, I, I, read a, I was reading a scripture this week. There's a scripture that says, my cup runneth over. You ever heard that? You hear, you hear that scripture? My cup runneth over. Well, if you're an optimist, you're thinking, oh, my cup runneth over like, oh, God's blessing me. <laughs> it's so fantastic. Hey, the, the blessings are just running over my life. However, if you kind of a, have a pessimistic view, you look at that, you're like, my cup runneth over. Man, I got a big mess to clean up. Like, how am I going to clean this thing up? And, and honestly, it, it, it's the truth. Some of us, we look at, we look at it like that. Some of us, that's, that's how we look at life. It's the whole, you know, is the glass half empty or is it half full? That type of thing. Where are you when it comes to that? How many of you know somebody like the second one? They're just a little pessimistic. They're like, oh, what am I going to do with all this mess? You know somebody that's like that? Don't point at your neighbor. They'll give it away. But we, <laughs> we all know some people who maybe seem to be a little bit more pessimistic in life. They're a little bit more critical or negative. And I, it seems like, especially today, there are some people out there who are just looking for a reason to be critical. They're looking for a reason to be negative. It's almost as if it helps people to like want to be incredibly negative. And I don't know what it is about our world today, but it's something that honestly that we're, we are caught in the middle of it. And I don't know about you, but uh, I, I, I struggle with this as well. I'm an imperfect person, just like you. I have all my issues as well. I, I find it incredibly difficult that I find myself even in my self-talk that I'm talking negative things, maybe about myself or about a situation. And so I'm not saying it out loud, but oftentimes I find myself saying, well, I'm just not good enough. Or I'm not like, my life stinks. Or you, you, ever just, you ever just think to yourself like, nobody else understands what's going on. Like nobody else gets it. Like nobody else is living my life, you know? Like nobody else is going to get it. And I find myself like, man, life just seems to get worse. <laughs> maybe, you're, maybe you're doing the same thing. Maybe you're like, well, it just seems like the economy is doomed and my family's falling apart and the school system sucks and the churches are dying and my teenager's a mess and the government's spraying poison all on my crops. You know, I, I, don't know, I don't know what kind of, like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. You know, that, that, might, that might be, some of us, honestly, that's, that's what we think. And we, 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 we are constantly in this negative cycle of thinking and the reality is, yes, that there's, there's a lot of wrong and bad things going on, especially in the world right now. Like, we're not going to act like that's not, we're not just going to pretend like nothing's happening. There's a lot of crazy, difficult things. And you're, I have no doubt that you're going through some real pain. I mean, that's why, that's why we're doing this series. Because so many of us, we're going through some real pain. But even though all that stuff's going on, like, well, let me say it like this. Even though all that stuff is going on, I, I don't want us just to put our heads in the sand and be those type of Christian people who are just like, oh, I, everything, like, I don't, I don't see anything wrong. You know, we just put our blinders on, like, like act like there's nothing going on. But listen, there's stuff going wrong. There, there, the things are pretty screwed up. 
But at the same time, I also want us to understand that even, even though we recognize that things are going wrong, I want us to also recognize that God is also doing some amazing things. Like just because we are where we are right now, and you might have mixed emotions about where we are right now in the world or whatever, I don't, I, it don't matter. God has not stopped working. He's still working. He's still moving. He's still doing some pretty amazing things all over the world. And while, yeah, there may be some wrong things, there are still some things going right, everybody. And that's just the plain truth this morning. And so that, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how in the world can we be optimistic in the middle of our pain. And to kind of set this up for you, I want to bring you, um, it, it's kind of a cheesy illustration, so I, I'll give you that up front. But I wanted to bring you this illustration. I've actually, I may have brought it to you before, but it's this idea of, um, I, I want you to think about two different types of birds. First of all, think about a buzzard. Think about what a buzzard does. What, what do you think about a buzzard? Like, you might be like, well, they're just the ugly things on the side of the road. <laughs> like, like what, what, what do they do? They, they're constantly flying around trying to find dead things, right? They're trying to find those dead things. And so um, oftentimes, I, I don't like buzzards. I, I, I don't find them pretty. And I also, I, I get aggravated. Actually, a couple weeks ago, me and Emily uh, were, were in the Jeep and there's this buzzard on the side of the road eating something. And I'm just the type, and I don't know why I'm like this, Lord, forgive me, but I'm just the type, like if it doesn't get out of the way, like it, I mean, it just needs to get out of the way, everybody. Like, like I'm not pumping my brakes, you know, it just, it just, we'll see what happens. And Emily is like, she could see like a leaf crossing the road and she wants to let that leaf go. Anyway, that, that is her. But anyway, there was this buzzard. We were coming upon this buzzard and, and, and it was eating. And I, I thought, I thought, hey, it flies. I mean, typically they fly away. They get scared, whatever. Like this thing was hanging on. <laughs> like it got up right to the last second. It literally up, up and over, like right over our Jeep. Emily screaming, ah! <laughs> and and I, we didn't die. Nothing happened to the Jeep. We barely made it, everybody. We made it out alive. Emily may have had a small heart attack, but we, <laughs> we, we made it out alive. And, uh, but I, I, yeah, buzzards, not my thing. Think about a buzzard, Think, compare that to a hummingbird. What does a little hummingbird do? It, I mean, it flies so fast you can't see its wings, but that's another, that's another thing. What, what does a hummingbird do? It's constantly looking for the sweet things in life, right? It's looking for, for, the, for the flowers, the nectar, and all that stuff. Think about the difference between a buzzard and a hummingbird. There, some of you, you are a buzzard, an ugly old looking buzzard. And I mean, literally, you are going down the road trying to find all the negative, dirty, nasty, disgusting, dead things in your life. All you're thinking about is what's dead? What's dead? What dreams are dead? What my, my vision for the year is dead? You know, all this, you're thinking about the dead things. But some of us, some of us, we're a little bit more optimistic and we're like hummingbirds. And yeah, although the dead things might still be there, we're looking for the sweet things in life. We're looking at the good things in life. And I know that's a cheesy illustration, but it's not just, it's not just me coming up with this stuff, everybody. Look at what Proverbs eleven twenty seven says. It says, if you search for good, you're going to find it, everybody. Like if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it'll find you. And I'm telling you, some, some of you are in this negative cycle where you're literally, you're getting, <laughs> you're getting on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all this different stuff. And you're looking for the negative. 
and you're looking for the evil things in this world. And guess what? Bible says you're going to find it. Like it's there. It's out there. But what would, man, what would happen? (laughs) Yeah, I just love this. Like what would happen if a group of people, instead of being buzzards and looking for the dead, what if we started to look for the good things in life? What if we, what if we, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't, I don't just want to twist your negative thing into something great, positive, you know, whatever. But what if you would just start looking for some of the better things in life? Stop just having your eyes on the negative and start looking for the things that are good so that you can find favor. You see, so many of us, we, we want to be negative and critical. And when you want to do, when you want to be like that, you're going to be like that. You can search for it and you can find it. But if you search for the good, that's what you'll find. You can also find that as well. And which I'll also admit this too. It's kind of funny because some of you, you're, you're already in this message. Like <laughs> you're, you're listening to all this. You're like, man, I just, I don't even like, like no preacher's going to tell me to be positive. <laughs> you know, like, like, no, nobody's going to tell me to, to put a smile on my face. I don't like this positive thinking, new age type of stuff. And, and listen, that's not, that's not what I'm coming to you at. I, I, I could give you all that stuff. I give you all the worldly stuff today. And that, that's, that could be easy. But I want to give you scripture behind this. Because this is not just a, a positive thinking session that I want to give you. I want to give you what scripture says and what the truth, what the truth of God, God's word gives us. In fact, if you're writing this down, here's really what I'm getting at this morning. If you don't remember anything else from the message, remember this. It's that I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. Instead, look at this. I'm optimistic based on what God says. So I'm not just trusting my feelings. Because when you trust your feelings, I mean, it's going to, hey, we've, we've done that. We've been there, done that. It's been tough. Let's move, let's move past it. When you just trust what you feel, man, it don't work out. And honestly, you, it could be really easy to even do this today. Like you could come to church, man, I feel really good after that worship, you know, like it just feels good. Man, I got a great feeling during the message and all this stuff, but you can go home and not learn a thing. If you don't trust this, if you do not trust what God's word says. So today, don't trust me. Trust what God's word has to say. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. I'm optimistic based on what God says. I'm, I, and so what I want to do today is we're going to look, if you've got your Bibles today, we're going to look in Romans chapter 8. And I want to give you eight reasons from Romans chapter 8. You see what I did there, right? Eight, for, eight, eight from Romans chapter 8. Actually, you can probably get 20, 30, 40 reasons from Romans chapter 8 why to be optimistic. But I only have time today to give you eight reasons. So I'm going to give you eight reasons from Romans chapter 8 on why you can be optimistic in the middle of your pain. Why can I be optimistic in the middle of my pain? From one chapter, so many reasons. I'm going to fly. These are going to fly by everybody. So if you're taking notes, check it out. Number one, I'm optimistic because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. You know what? I can be optimistic just knowing that God has already forgiven me of my sins and that he has an eternity planned for me. So no matter what the world looks like today, I can be eternally optimistic knowing that God has a better place for me already. I think that's reason enough to be optimistic. Let me show you what it says in Romans chapter, chapter 8. Take a look at it. Chapter 8, verse 1 through 2, it says this. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Aren't you thankful that you don't have to abide by the law of sin and death anymore? That God has set you free, that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that you can experience that freedom. I'm thankful for it. And I'm telling you that if you are in Christ, if you called on him, I'm telling you, you're forgiven. And can I just tell you from an imperfect person, like I'm thankful that our God forgives because he's forgiven me a lot, everybody. <laughs> There's been a lot of things that have gone wrong in my life. You know, the Bible says that, you, that the, his forgiveness is as far as from the east to the west. You know what that means? It's, it's unending. It, it, it doesn't ever end. That's how much he's forgiven you. And so if you just... Like if you just need one reason to be optimistic today in the middle of your pain, even if, even if the situation can't change for you right now, just be optimistic knowing that God has forgiven you and he has a better plan for your life, that he has an eternal destiny for you. He's waiting on you in heaven. I can be optimistic because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. You got that, everybody? Number one. Number two, take a look at this. It's this, it's I can be optimistic because Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. Write this down and then really think about this. This is something that's not talked a lot about in church. The fact that Jesus is praying for you. Just think about that. The thought of in the middle, in the middle of the pain that I'm going through, like Jesus is thinking about me. Yes. Like he... He's calling you by name. He is thinking about you. And because of that, it makes me optimistic. Check it out. Look at what Romans says again. We're in Romans chapter 8, verse 34. It says this. It says, Christ Jesus who died, and even more than that, who was raised to life, everybody, is at the right hand of God, and he's also interceding for us. And you say, well, interceding, that's a big word. What does intercede mean? Intercede just simply means deep in prayer. Do you know, like, can you grasp that for just a minute? Like Jesus is deep in prayer for you at the right hand of God. Let me, let me put it to you like this. How many of you, you've got somebody in your life that like when things go wrong, when things get tough, like you want that person to pray for you. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're just like a prayer warrior. Like I turn to these guys. Like I, I got some people in my life, like they got the prayer voice, everybody. You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> whatever they say, it's just like, it's from the Lord. Like, like they, can, they can shout at the devil and they can like bind things and loose things. <laughs> and like, like they, they've got it. Like, it, it, they, they like, they put, your, put their hand on your shoulder and, and then they put their other hand up. It's almost like a satellite dish. You know, they're just kind of tuning, beep, <laughs> like they're kind of tuning in to what God has. You know, you know, some people like that, like how... You know how incredibly excited it makes me when somebody like really, like, I mean, you know that they're praying for you. It makes you incredibly excited. I, I got better news for you, everybody. Jesus is at the right hand of God and he's thinking and pray. He's whispering in God's ear and he's talking about you. Man, how, like, I can be optimistic knowing that even though maybe my world might look like a little bit of crap right now, like, like even though I might not have the things that I want on this earth right now, Jesus is thinking about 
me. I'm optimistic because I know that Jesus is praying for me. Here's number three for you note takers this morning. It's simply this, is that I'm optimistic because my future victory is greater than my present pain. And some of you, this is all you needed to know this morning. That, you're, that you have a future, God has something in store for you, and it's so much better than the pain that you're experiencing right now. I'm optimistic, not just based on what I'm going through right now. I'm optimistic knowing that God is doing something inside of me. That, he's, that, that, he's, 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 that even while I'm going through this pain, he's sharpening me. Man, he's making, he's making me better. He's making me more like him. And when you go through that pain, wow. All of a sudden, when I look in the mirror, I'm seeing the image of Jesus, right? I, I, I'm becoming more like him. That, that my future victory is so much greater than our present pain. Look at Romans 8, 18. I consider, this is Paul talking, he's saying, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed within us. You say, well, <laughs> that's easy for Paul to say. He's not in this world. <laughs> you know, like he, he didn't go through this, uh, what we're going through right now. He has no idea. Well, listen, yeah, Paul may have not went through what we're going through right now. But we, we talked about this a little bit last week. Think about the life of Paul. The man who wrote these very words was beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead. I mean, one time he was literally so left for dead, I guess is what you would say. <laughs> like, he looked so dead, they thought he was dead. Like, I mean, legit. He was snake bitten over and over again. He was tortured for his relationship with Jesus. And you think he doesn't understand? Can I, I, can I just tell you, that's what I love about scripture, is that so many scriptures are written by people who understand. Like, they, they get it. They've gone through it. It's not easy for Paul to say that. He knows it. Because he's been through it. And even though he went through all those things, he says, I, I consider these present sufferings not even worth comparing to the glory of what God is going to do. Listen, some of you, you're in the middle of something so difficult right now. And I'm not, I'm not even going to say that it's not difficult. It's difficult. It's painful. I get it. But just because it's difficult... If you look at it from an eternal perspective, I'm telling you, it's not even worth comparing to the eternity that God has in store for you. In fact, James says it like this. I didn't bring this scripture to you, but James says, I consider it pure joy when I face any trial. You know what he says? That when you face those trials, it's just a testing of faith that produces perseverance. You know what it means? It means it makes you mature. That when you go through some pain, it's literally maturing you so that when you get to the other side of it, you're not lacking anything. We talked about that in the first week. Listen, and I can be optimistic because I know that my good God is there and that my future victory is greater than my present pain. Let's take a look. Point number four, if you're taking notes, simply this is that I'm optimistic because my mind is filled with the peace of God. How many of you need that today? <laughs> I mean, just being honest, like you need some peace in your life. Like I need, I, I, and listen, you can be optimistic because your mind can be filled with the peace of God. Look at Romans chapter eight, verse six. 
it says this. It says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. And that's what, hey, so many of us, this is what we've tried. We've decided that we can take it in our own hands. And we've decided that ah, yeah, <laughs> I'll take care of this. And God, you can, we, <laughs> God, I, I've got this. And so many of us, we, we've, we've been governed by the flesh and it's led us to death. But the mind governed by the spirit, it's life and it's peace. Can I encourage you this morning? Listen, you don't have to be dominated by that earthly, sinful, painful flesh that you have. I'm telling you, this, you do not have to be dominated by the pain that you're going through. Your mind can be transformed by God's word, by the washing of God's word. Can I tell you, God can renew your mind. He can take that negative, critical, earthly, sinful thoughts, and he can give you an eternal perspective. You say, well, how do I do that? <laughs> Pastor Noah, I want life in peace. How do I do that? A couple things. I, and, and here's where the Holy Spirit is going to have to lead you a little bit, everybody. But here's what you need to do. You say, I'm, I'm dominated by my negative and critical thoughts. I want this life in peace. First of all, identify when is this happening to you? Like, is it when you wake up? Are you dominated by your critical thoughts? Is it in the middle of your workday? Is it when you go to bed? You're dominated by those critical thoughts? What do I do? Two tips from me, not in your notes. This is just off the cuff this morning, everybody. One, read God's word. I'm tell- God's word will refresh your soul. Remind yourself of his promises. And I'm telling you, just, just dive in somewhere. And you'll get life and peace. Number two, worship. Turn on some worship music, everybody. And I'm telling you, turn off the crap that you're listening to in the car and turn on some worship music. And I'm telling you, it, it is beautiful. I, horrible night last night I had. And I'm telling I went home. And, and I, some of y'all, it's going to show like, I grew up in church, everybody. So I know lots, you know, I know lots of worship music. But Michael W. Smith just released this beautiful album of his 20 years ago. He wrote this worship together thing and some of the greatest songs ever that I think and worship history ever on there. He re-recorded this album with a full orchestra. It's beautiful. Listen to it. It's on YouTube. I turned that thing on last night and I'm telling you, in the middle of my chaos, life and peace. It's there. And I, I'm t- we've got access to it 24 hours a day. Life and peace. Take some time to have some life and peace. And I'm telling you, I, it, I, not, I won't wait to go there. <laughs> I, got to, I got to get through some of these points. Listen, when we see from God's perspective, when we begin to look at God's perspective in the middle of the trial, you can have life in peace, and God says that He promises the peace that surpasses all understanding. And some of you, you you know exactly what I'm talking about, because in the middle of some of you, some of your worst, in the middle of your most horrible situation, you've been you've been at peace. You you, you you've been peaceful. In fact, how many of you would say that maybe some of your friends, maybe you went through something difficult, and some of your friends said, "Well, how how did how did you go through that?" Or like, "How were you so cool through that?" 
Like, how are, how are you getting even, how are you even getting through the day? Like, how, how many of you, you, you've gone through something painful and God's just giving you peace and, and the world notices. You know what you can say? You say, well, you know what? It's not the, it's not anything that I'm doing. It's the peace that he gives me. You know, the only reason, the only reason I'm making it through today is because of the peace of God on me. I'm telling you, and it's the truth. And you need some of that. All right. You need it. You need it. Important point, spend a lot of time on that. Look at point number five, if you're taking notes with us. It's this, so I can be optimistic because if God is for me, who can be against me, everybody? This is straight scripture. If God is for me, who can be against me? Romans chapter eight, verse 32. Take a look at it with me. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It's God who justifies. Listen, I know you and me both. We got lots of people against us. (laughs) Quite honestly, anywhere that you go, whatever you do, decision A or decision, you're never going to make all the right decisions, everybody. You've got people that are going to be naturally against you. And the truth is, honestly, some people don't like you. And I hate to tell you this this morning, but not everybody is going to like you. And I know that bursts your bubble. But not everybody is just going to be way okay with your life or whatever. There are going to be people who criticize you. There's going to be negative people in your life that are going to shoot you down no matter what idea you give them. And I'm just telling you this morning, the pain that you're experiencing, if it's caused from others, we, if God is for you, who can be against you? Can I just tell you this morning that when you start boldly living for Jesus... When you do what you're called to do, there are going to be people who are just not going to understand. They might not ever get it. And I've got those people in my life. I mean, there's some people really close to us that just really, they don't have any idea. Why? He's not qualified to do that. You don't know, you don't know about it. I'm I'm telling you. There will, if, when you start boldly living for Jesus, people are going to make fun of you. They're going to persecute you. And you can give them every reason under the sun. I mean, you, you could try to explain it, but I'm just telling you, some people just aren't going to get it. But I'm here to encourage you today that if that's a pain to you, if God's got your back, then who cares? Now, I hate to be that way, but if God's got your back, then who can be against you? You say, well, Pastor Noah, well, well, I'm a Christian and nobody's persecuting me. <laughs> you know, nobody's mad at me. Well, I always say this. I, I say it like this. I, I, I don't worry when people persecute me because they persecute those who are following Jesus, everybody. <laughs> and so if you're, if you're following Jesus, it's going to be natural that you're going to come into some persecution. That, that you're not going to be able to please everybody. I, I think when you boldly serve Jesus, the world is going to push back on it, and they're not going to like it. I'm just encouraging you this morning that when the world does push back, if God is for you, who can be against you? Think about that. Write that point down. We're going to go on to point number six. Uh, here's, here's another reason. In the middle of my pain, I can be optimistic because God's spirit helps me when I'm weak. Man, ain't that good stuff? Aren't you thankful that God's spirit helps you in the middle 
of your weakness, that when you can't do it alone, when you feel like all hell is breaking loose in your life, that God's spirit is right there with you. Take a look at, take a look at this real quick. This, we, this is from Romans chapter eight, verse 24. It says, who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Can I, let me tell you real quick, this, this whole point, God's spirit helps me in my time of weakness. Can I tell you this very point is what separates us Christians from, it it separates our God from every other God out there. The fact that our God would send us a helper, the Holy Spirit is literally called your helper. The Holy Spirit, the fact that God would choose to live inside of you and me and help us in our time of weakness, in our time of pain, it separates us from every other God out there. And can I take it a step? Is it okay if I take it a step farther? <laughs> can I? It's also what separates religion from a relationship. Because there's a lot of religious people out there who have went to church every single week of their life just because their mom and dad told them to. And they've got to sit in the same seat and go to the same church and do all the same things. And they've never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm just telling you that when you have a relationship with Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit comes inside your heart. And I'm telling you, I, he'll do some really good things. Like he'll, he'll comfort you in your time of weakness, but he'll also convict you. He'll let you, he'll point some. That's why, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, everybody. I don't get up here every week and tell you, you're a sinner, <laughs> you're a sinner, and you need to repent from this, and you've got a bigger issue than they've got. No, I'm never going to do that because it's not my job. My job as your pastor is to introduce to you someone, that's why we say introducing people to the real Jesus, everybody, someone who is greater than I am, who can give you the power to change your life. And I'm telling you, that is what separates us from everybody else. The power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, when you get God's spirit inside of you, when you're down, the Holy Spirit can pick you back up. Can I tell you, when you're hurting, he can comfort you. When you're alone, he's your friend. The Bible says that when you're weak, he's made strong. I'm telling you, when you're facing pain, he's with you. And I can be optimistic because I have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me that every time that I'm weak, he's strong. I'm optimistic because I'm never, ever alone. Even on a bad day, I get to know God better. Even in the worst pain, I just get to know him better. I lean into the spirit and I get to know him better. When I'm weak, he is strong for me. Powerful point there. I hope you get that this morning. Point number seven. It says, is that God is working everything in my life for good. I can be optimistic because God's working things out, everybody. Some of you, that's all you need to know <laughs> is that you just, you just need to know God's, God's got it. He's working some things out. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, all, <laughs> you know what the Greek word for all is? 
it's all, like it's everything, you know, like some of us, we just, we read this, oh, God's working all things, you know, no, like literally, it's everything, he's working all things in your life for good, for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Can I tell you this morning, there is not a thing that'll happen in your life that the goodness of our God will not transform into something that eventually brings him some glory. And let me just challenge you. You can look back in your own life and see this. You can look back and see that, you know, when I was, when, when I was in some serious pain, it may be, man, I went through the worst pain ever. And maybe it, maybe it really felt like that at the time, but I'm telling you that as the years go by, you can begin to look back and see the faithfulness and the hand of God that somehow took the very thing that you would, you would never choose for it to happen. You didn't ask for it to happen, but God can transform it for his good, for those who are called according to his purpose. He's working even when you don't see him. And I can be optimistic because of that. I tell you, scripture says what the devil meant for evil. Can I tell you this coronavirus, what the devil meant for evil, God can use it for good. And I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm telling you, Vision Sunday, don't miss it, the 17th, because we're talking about it. I mean, listen, our church, we are stepping into what God has for us. And we're gonna take the evil things that he has plagued, that the devil has plagued us with, and we're gonna use them for good. I'm telling you. God meant for evil. And it's the same. It's not just for our church. It's a word for you today. <laughs> what God, what the devil meant for evil in your life, God can use it for good. And I know maybe some of you are in this room and you're like, man, sometimes, Pastor, if I'm honest, sometimes I can't feel him. Like I can't, like sometimes I don't see what he's doing. Sometimes I can't, I can't see the good work that he's doing in my life. I tell you, that's why we have faith. Because faith tells us that even when we can't see it, he's still there. <laughs> even when we don't feel it, like he's still, he's still right beside us. Faith tells us that, you know what? Because, because he had a plan for me from beginning to the end, I can trust him. Can I encourage you with this this morning? Your God had a purpose for you before you were created. Scripture tells us that, and I, I, didn't, I didn't throw this in my notes. This is something that I talked about in the first service. I want to give it to you too. But, this, but Scripture tells us that God first had a purpose and then he made you. And too many of us, we're living our life and we just think, well, well God made me and he's just trying to figure out how to use me. No, 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 no. God first had a purpose. Like he didn't make you and say, oh, what in the world am I gonna do with that mess? No, like that's, that's not what he did. He first had a purpose. He had something for you to do and then he made you. And I'm telling you, when you understand that, when you understand that God is, God is there and he's working everything for his, for his purpose, you can, under, you can begin to grab that faith because faith tells you that he has a purpose for your life and that everything that you're going through, that it is on purpose. And yeah, maybe it was meant for evil. Maybe the devil threw it at you and he wanted to get you down with that, but God can twist it and turn it and put the pieces together and make it for his good. 
and be encouraged by that. That very thing. Maybe, that, maybe it's a, the very thing that's crushing your heart right now. Man, one day you're gonna see the faithfulness of God on the other side of it. He's working. He's working in all things to bring the good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. I'll give you the last one this morning. Eight things from Romans 8. Number eight is this. It's, I'm optimistic because nothing, absolutely nothing, everybody, can separate me from the love of God. And I hope you feel this today. I hope you feel God's love and his presence. Nothing can separate that from you. Let's look at Romans chapter eight, verse 38. For my convinced, I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor death, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Can I just tell you that no matter where you go, he's there. (laughs) No matter where I go, my God is still there. No matter what I do, he still loves me. No matter what happens to me, he's for me, everybody. I'm just so thankful that whatever pain that I go through, he's right there with me. You cannot outrun his love. You you can't do something to make him stop loving you. You can't run away from his presence. He's gonna chase you down. And some of you right now, you're in this room and you've walked away from God. You said the pain is too much for me to handle. And you've left him. Can I just tell you that God hasn't given up on you? Like even though you ran from him, he's still there. That there's somebody out there at the right hand of God mentioning your name. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's still there. And yeah, maybe maybe you're in this room and you're like, I don't know, I don't know. Believe it. Believe the truth that we see in Romans 8. Believe in the faith that we talked about today. Listen, I'm not optimistic just based on what I feel. And can I be quite honest with you? I'm not optimistic based on the things that I see in front of me. Can I just say, the things that I see in front of me, they're pretty crappy, everybody. (laughs) Not you guys, but, uh, (laughs) sorry. The things, yeah, I don't don't wanna offend anybody in here. Uh, Y'all look beautiful. Your smiling faces, just your head nods, I love it. But I'm telling, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can look out here. Yeah, things don't look, things don't look good. Guess what, everybody? I'm not optimistic based on what I see. I'm optimistic based on what God says. And there's eight reasons that I just gave you this morning. I told you at the beginning of this message that so often when I write a message, for whatever reason, God loves to put me through it. So just being honest with you, and I won't give you my whole week, but I've had a really painful week. Yesterday, um, 
Yesterday morning, we got a call that from my grandma that many of you know that my grandpa has cancer, and terminal cancer, and you know, everybody knows that it could be any day. My grandma yesterday thought it was the day, you know, it was, so we all, we all gathered up and there's lots of emotions when you lose somebody. Grandpa's been suffering. They told him that he'd last six months. He'd been here for two years, everybody. So it's been great. And I miss, I miss that he, you sat right there in the back. I mean, it's just, a, Grandpa's got an incredible story. I mean, he never went to, he never went to church. He started coming to church when we started this. Like he never left the house. He barely went to Rural King, everybody. Like that was the only place he got out to go. And he started coming to church. I like the greatest honor of my life. And so it's upset, you know, it's, we had a very emotional day yesterday because no matter how ill somebody is, it's hard to let them go. So we were all, we were just, we're just all gathered around and it was a tough day and ended up taking him to the hospital. And lucky enough, I'm not just grandson, but I'm also a preacher, everybody. So <laughs> I got to go in the hospital with grandma and there's just a lot of difficult things to work out because you know, there's only one or two people out in there. It's just, it's a whole mess. I mean, we're just, I, to, to just be totally transparent with you, the last, the last day has been an emotional train wreck. However, after getting home late last night, around midnight, I decided, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I, I message prep on Saturday nights, what I do. So about midnight, message for the, you know, I got my iPad in the bedroom, I just laid in bed, going through the message, making little minor tweaks. And I'm literally, I'm reading these eight points that I read to you today. And can I, <laughs> I wrote this message Tuesday. I had no, I had no idea what was, I just had no idea what was going to happen at the end of the week. And can I tell you the very words that God spoke to me on Tuesday were true last night and are true for you today. Can I tell you when I read the, I was last night, a place of hurt, a place of pain. I read these, I read these words. You know what? I can be optimistic. Know what? You can be optimistic because your sins are forgiven and you have an eternal place with me. And guess what? It's the same way for grandpa. I'm optimistic for grandpa because his sins are forgiven and he has an eternity waiting on him. And I have a place with him as well. You know what, everybody? In the middle of the pain, I'm optimistic because Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me and Gramps. I'm optimistic because my present suffering and his present suffering, I'm just telling you, every single point ministered to me. My mind is filled with the peace of God this morning. I'm telling, I, I'm just, I could not be here this morning if my mind wasn't filled with the peace of God. And because, and I believe his mind is filled with the peace of God. You know what, if my God is for me, who can be against me? You know what, God's spirit is helping me right now in my weakness. God's spirit is with me. And I know that in the end, I might not like the decision. And yeah, it's gonna be a painful week for the rest of us. I might not like it, but God is working everything for the good that he has. And nothing can separate me or grandpa from his love. So I'm, I, I just, <laughs> I love and I hate it when God uses it because I don't like to go through the pain. I hate the pain, but I'm telling, I'm, I just, I'm just amazed at how our, how our God works. And I'm optimistic today 
And I, and I, I give you that story because some of you, you're in a similar place. And I, I'm, just, I'm just believing that God is gonna speak to someone today. And, and he's, gonna, he's gonna look and, and when, when your world looks like it's falling apart, when it looks like that's the worst thing that could ever happen to you, when you sit in your self-talk and say, my life stinks, I don't know why I'm here, I can't believe I'm here. Listen, you can take a step back today and say, you know what, there might be a lot of bad things going on in this world, but I'm not gonna look at my life in a negative way anymore. I'm gonna choose to look to my God because God, my God has a plan for me. He has a purpose for me. He had it from the beginning. Yeah, there might be some negative things, but guess what, everybody? I'm optimistic, not just based on what I feel, not just based on what I see, but because I know that my God is for me. He's not against me. I know who my God is, and I choose to believe in the goodness of God. You know what, everybody? When everyone else is a stupid-looking buzzard, choose to look for the sweet things in life (laughs) and what if you would do the same let's pray father as a church we choose to look to the sweet things Father, we thank you that through the power of your Holy Spirit in this moment you're touching lives. Lord, you're changing hearts right now. God, right now you're taking our worst pain. Lord, the pain that we didn't ask for and you're turning it for God, help us to see the big picture. And Lord, help us to understand what you're doing in our life. But Lord, in the meantime, even when we don't understand, we are optimistic because your word says so. Because your word, because we can stand on the promises of your word, knowing that you're taking care of us, that you're praying for us, that you're right there. And that even if our world doesn't get fixed, we have the eternal perspective, Lord. We have something so much greater than this world could ever offer. And so we thank you for it today. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. That you're giving them that faith. That even when they can't see it, they know that you're working, that you're putting the puzzle pieces together in their life. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, God, in our lives, in our church, Lord. We can't do it without you. We pray all these things today in your holy and precious name. With your heads bowed, eyes closed. Man, if you're in this room today and you say, this message touched your life, you say, wow, Pastor, no, I want the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. I need some guidance and direction. I'm telling you, you can have it today. We talked about Jesus who died on a cross for your sins. You can receive him today. Never in a service without letting you commit your life to him. If that's you in this room, we'd love to pray a prayer together. In fact, all the church is going to pray it with you because we all believe it. Would you repeat this after me? Church, repeat this after me. Say, dear God, thank you.
for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. I surrender myself to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen, amen. Would you get up for all the people who prayed that prayer this morning? Thank you for listening to The Real Church Podcast. If you would like to partner with us financially or you live in the Southern Illinois area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out realchurch.info.